Well, hey y'all, welcome to another episode of Every Mom Needs a Friend. Hope you are having a wonderful morning. I am currently sitting here with a very sleepy Poppy Jean. She is snuggled up next to me, snoring away, and I'm delighted to get to record this intro and then go ahead and post this episode <laughs> because I've been anxious to tell y'all how I feel and what's going on and really where I'm at in this postpartum journey. I think I mentioned this a couple times in the episode, but next week is when I will have Christopher on and I'm excited for y'all to hear from him. But as for today, it's just me kind of giving you some initial postpartum thoughts. And I'll say it once, I'll say it again. Thank y'all so much for bearing with me through these first couple weeks of getting back to posting regularly. I'm so thankful for y'all and for y'all listening. So please keep it up. And if you can, just give me a follow on Instagram so that we can share the love there for sweet Poppy Jean, my sweet Penelope that I get to now have in arms. I'm so thankful. But before I get too long-winded in this intro, I'm going to go ahead and release you to today's episode. So I hope you enjoy it. Okay, so here we are chatting about postpartum thoughts for our sweet plant, plant postpartum thoughts, or Penelope. Penelope plant postpartum thoughts, PPPPP. <laughs> okay, so just to jump straight into it, I just feel like leading up to her birth, there was just such wild, like different things um, in the wake of it being so planned in the sense that it was a planned C-section. It felt like there was a lot of unplanned things happening and not to get to like wildly too spiritual, but it did feel like there was a lot of just spiritual attacking leading up to her. And if you followed along in the plant is coming or the episodes that led up to plant is here, I talked about how I got this massive sty in my eye. It felt like something that was just truly not a big deal on this side of it. Like there's people going through wildly horrible, really big things. And so just to have just like this sty that I did deal with for about five weeks, but it really just didn't like impede my life in the sense that I still was able to do things. I will say wearing my glasses for like five weeks I mean, the headache, y'all, I guess my glasses are not my prescription, but then also just like, I really wanted it to be over with by the time that I had her and it got closer and closer. And I thought there is a chance I'm going to deliver this baby with a sty that's making my eye not even fully be able to open. So very frustrated about that, but there's not much I could do just because being pregnant, you can't take and do everything that you could do when you're not pregnant. So I had this, like, you could say facial swelling in, in the form of a sty. And then I have just this really weird, wild story that happened to me. So the Friday before the Saturday that I thought I was going to have PJ, I took the girls apple picking with a couple friends, Bailey and Megan and their kiddos. And we had just the sweetest time. We went to this very humble apple orchard, you could call it, um, up near like north of Seattle. And I had been to different types of like fruit picking, but I've never been apple picking before. But similar to any other type of picking, you kind of need to like prepare that you're going to be on a farm or out, you know, and I'd put the girls in boots and we were lucky enough to not have it rain on us while we were out there. It actually, I think it was pretty hot that day. So we had a really good time. The girls picked apples. Kate ate her body weight in apples and (laughs) we were getting ready to leave. And so Megan and I were walking down one of the aisles and we were chatting and then we're like, okay, let's round up the girls. And Megan turned. So she wasn't looking at me anymore. And at that very second, y'all know the second right before a bug hits you in the face, you see this like flash of black or a flash of brown. I saw this huge glob of black coming at my face. And before I knew it, there was a bug that was attached 
and I mean it, attached to my face. And let me describe, let me describe it. (laughs) And I know that this is like, oh, like, just like, I wish y'all could have been there, but also like, can you just like sit with me for a second and like imagine this on your own face? So the top part of this bug had its, I want to call them tentacles, but they're not tentacles because the bug wrapped inside my mouth around my lip, I could feel it on the inside of my lip, its legs. And so if the legs are starting in my mouth, the body is from the top of my lower lip all the way to under my chin because there were tentacles (laughs) or legs on my neck, like close to my, what would be my Adam's apple. So we're looking at a bug that is about the size of like the palm of my hand and it is attached to my face. So I'm scratching, scratching at my face, trying to get this bug off. And it took me, picture this, three or four times to pull it off my face because every time I got a grip on it, it was so attached to my face, I couldn't get it off and my hand would slip. And so I'm screaming horrible words out loud and trying to get this bug off my face. And my friend Megan turns around and she's like, what just happened? We're looking around, trying to see if we can find the bug. And I'll tell you immediately, the lower half of my face was numb. Like numb, like you're at the dentist and you just got all your front teeth, like cavity filled. So a very strange like sensation immediately. And my other friend, Bailey, who was there, she's a nurse. And so she's immediately like, okay, well, let's just see. Like, is there like a stinger? Is let's see if we can figure out where it bit you. And we just, we couldn't figure it out. And I feel like we kind of like laughed it off a little bit, but we also were kind of like freaked out. And I will tell you, like, I could feel inside my body, like my temperature was just like, get me the freak out of here. And I just was ready to go. I didn't really care to even ask the farmer, which I should have. In hindsight, what I should have done was ask the farmer, what type of bugs do you see out here? And describe the size and hopefully he could have told me because I think that would have helped. I mean, at the end of the day, there's not much I could do, but I think it would have helped because it's a thing of nightmares if you Google like bug size of hand with pinchers that attaches to your face. So anyway, we leave. Um, I take the girls home. It's a little bit of a drive and I'm interested why my lower half of my face is so numb, but I get home. Christopher gets home a couple hours later. I tell him the whole story. We laugh about it and we think, oh, this is just crazy. Like, let's see how it feels in the morning. I wake up in the morning. Not only is it still numb, but my lower lip is starting to get pretty swollen. (laughs) And I was like, shoot, wow. Number one, I don't think I love how I look with (laughs) lower lip fillers. But then also I thought this is strange because now I have this In addition to numbness, I now have this swelling and it does feel like close enough to my throat, neck, and I'm not allergic to anything, but I was like, this feels a little worrisome, but we went on with our Saturday and I took a million pictures and I'm just like I did with the sty. I have a lot of proof. I'm not going to post that on Instagram because there's certain things you need to like hold off from the internet. But so my lip is getting bigger. We're still like kind of laughing it off. And then on Sunday morning, my lip wasn't just like increasing a certain amount. It was like exponentially increasing. So on Sunday morning, I looked like a frog. Like my lower lip was hanging open. It was so painful at night. It would wake me up. And Christopher was like, that's it. You're going to urgent care. Like this is getting out of hand. And we were trying to fill my lymph nodes to see if they were swollen. We're not doctors, so we didn't know. So anyway, we went to the urgent care and the doctor there was like, it's really weird to say this, but even though 
this was multiple days ago, you are still at reaction stage, but not the infection stage. So we're not sure if this is going to get infected. Right now, we're not going to do anything, obviously, but we are going to watch it and... I'm really sorry, and I hope it subsides pretty soon. But she also made the point that if this bug bite was on my arm and it was swollen, we wouldn't be coming to the urgent care. It's just the location on my face that, A, like optically it doesn't feel great and look good, but then also it is a scary location. But she's like, you know, if this was on your arm, you wouldn't be coming to the urgent care. So let's still watch it. I'm not scared. There's no reason to be scared, but also don't Google this because there's a lot of things out there. So it did take a couple days. I think it was like Wednesday of that week when I thought, oh, my lip isn't swollen anymore. And that was the day my parents came into town. That's, you know, a couple days before we were supposed to have PJ. It just was a wild experience. And I say all this to say that I just was like, I feel like certain parts of my face have been swollen for about a month and a half and I'm just over it and I'm frustrated. And I will say that this level of frustration did lead into me calling myself out of just being a very like short person with Christopher, with the girls, and even with my parents when they first came into town. I feel like people could easily tell me and I think my sweet family around me told me like they get it. Like I'm hugely pregnant, ready to be done. And I've gone through a couple like weird things, but I was just like, really not myself and I was really ready to meet Poppy but then also I just was like dealing with a lot of insomnia so I wasn't my best self because I wasn't sleeping good yada yada yada. I will also say for another day for like a whole nother episode I had this really weird interaction with a doctor at my OBGYN practice. Um, She wasn't she's not my regular doctor she just had to like sub in because my doctor was out that day and she basically made me feel like I was being selfish by doing a C-section versus a VBAC, when in reality, this was a decision that was made basically by my doctor, but me very much like feeling comfortable with her making this decision because of a lot of reasons. And I will dive into this in a different episode, but it just, it felt like kind of weird timing to be a week out and then having someone tell me like, I'm basically being selfish by getting a C-section, which just felt like words that just didn't need to be spoken over me at that moment. But yeah, so I'll leave that for another episode. And I would love to hear if there's any of y'all out there who had to go through this like VBAC versus C-section thing. Um, There's a lot of thoughts I have there. But let me take you to the hospital. So let me first say that next week, Christopher and I will talk through his thoughts. And we talk through some of like the weird things and cool things, but also a little bit scary things that happened in the hospital. But I'll tell you that from my perspective, my thoughts here are, I just was shocked about how emotional I was in the hospital. I don't think I'm a non-emotional person otherwise. I just was shocked about how the excitement and all that was happening kind of manifests in me in like this like very teary, kind of hysterical crying. I did have a scary moment in triage. Like I said, I'll talk about it next week. But then after that, I felt really out of sorts. I feel like for good reason, but I mean, I was really out of sorts. I was really frantic. I could feel my brain almost like having a ping pong ball inside, just like bouncing around. Like I could not just like be my normal self, which is what I pride myself on, especially with when things get really emotional and really heightened and really scary. Or if Christopher and I are in the middle of like a funk and we're talking through something that is just not as much fun to talk about, I feel like 
what I do in those situations is I go ultra logical. It makes me wonder if I would ever, if I was going to be a doctor, I'd be like an ER doctor because under like immense stress, I actually feel like I see really clear. But what I can say just a level set is like for very small things, I feel like I get out of sorts, but very big things, I'm able to be really like piercing through, able to see what I need to do. So anyway, that's just me. But so keep that in mind but then I just like was not able to like be my like logical self in triage in the hospital and my doctor walked in after this situation that happened that was a little scary and I just like yelled out loud and I'm sobbing Dr. COVID and that's not her name at all um not I mean it her name does start with a c but I just was like oh my gosh like why am I calling her Dr. COVID and she laughed I laughed but I was like hysterically crying And she is just this really calming force. That's one of the reasons I love her as my doctor. And I just held her hand and sobbed, like sobbed. It's making me tear up thinking about it because I think it was just the emotion of the day. But seeing her was like this hope of like, you're the person that's going to hand me my baby. And I love you. You know, like you just like have this like deep connection with your doctor. So that was just a very weird experience that I'm wasn't prepared for. But to move it along, I did have some thoughts just about like postpartum. So like I'm outside of the hospital and I'm home and what's going on in my life. So like at this point when I'm recording, I am at almost five weeks um, postpartum. And I don't know if this is like TMI and it really is kind of a sad place to go with this, but I just haven't been the same person right or wrong, good or bad, um, since I miscarried a couple years ago. I'm talking now from the standpoint of like menstrual bleeding and postpartum bleeding, which again, TMI, and also you're welcome to like skip forward a a couple times. I just feel like it always feels so much more intense and a constant reminder of that really hard time when I'm, you know, using the restroom. And also, aren't large pads just the worst? Like the worst. (laughs) So now that I'm down to just like a liner, it feels a lot more under control. I feel like mentally I feel good. And I'm thinking of friends right now who are going through things that I just, my heart is broken over. And I don't want to like speak so lightly of this, but it's just, that is something that I will have to deal with for the rest of my life, I guess, till I go through menopause. But then in the same kind of vein of menopause, the hormones that I'm going through right now, like the night sweats, like I just do not remember this with the other babies, but this time it's been absolutely wild. I will legitimately have trickles of sweat every time I wake up for a feed in the middle of the night. And it just makes me feel like I can't take enough showers. And I just feel like I'm like smelly. I know that sounds like, but I just don't think I am a very smelly person otherwise. But right now I'm like, oh my gosh, is that me? Do I really smell like that? And I also have a very strict hair washing schedule that is completely getting disrupted by all of the sweating. (laughs) Um, And I also just like, I'm ready to be released to like work out, like actually sweat for a good reason, not just like I'm laying in bed, just like sweating between my boobs. (laughs) So that will come. I know it will, but I just am like interested and ready to be kind of like physically at a place where I'm like, oh, I feel a little more normal because that's just that leveling out process of hormones is a whole thing. And praise the Lord, I haven't had to go through like any sort of like baby blues or anything like that. And I can't imagine what that hormone feeling feels like and praying for y'all out there that are going through that because there's just so much that new moms or I guess moms of newborns go through. So to have this like emotional toll on you in the same time, I can't imagine. Um, And I'll say just before I like jump into my next section is that I just am so thankful for my parents, my husband, 
Christopher's parents, they have just stepped up and taken care of the big girls, which is really all they need to do. I know that sounds like simple, oversimplified because they are a lot of work, but it has been such a blessing to be able to have some mornings where I can slowly get out of bed and just, you know, have that like mid-morning feed and not even have to like go downstairs and make breakfast or take Ellie to school or anything. So very much like first world problems, but I'm very thankful for the help that I've gotten and for the ways that my family and my sweet husband have stepped up in taking care of the big girls. Um, It has made me like kind of transition through this process so much more beautifully. And it's really important. I need to like continually say that to those people to their face, but also I'm just saying it out loud over the internet so that they can know too that like publicly I am so thankful for them. The last thing I'll kind of talk about is, so y'all know that this was my second cesarean. And so I have this time and I have last time to compare to each other. And I have to tell you, I am super impressed with how my C-section scar isn't as uncomfortable as it was with Kate. And I did have this conversation with my doctor about how a planned C-section technically should have the least amount of scarring. And I wonder, and I'm pretty sure this makes sense, but that uncomfortability and just like recovery, if you have a lot of scarring, is going to have this extra layer, like (laughs) pun intended, of issue. And so the fact that I should technically have the least amount of scarring because my doctors were able to go so slow and really take their time with this planned C-section. No one was under duress. I was under duress. PJ was under duress. And I just think that's led into a little bit of like a less difficult recovery I will also say, just to make it clear, that with Kate, so with my middle, I had to recover from a normal delivery because I was fully at 10 centimeters and pushed for three hours and also a C-section. So there's something to be said about that that was just a whole new level and I will not ever want to take that option if there's another baby that's coming. But I, at this point, at five-ish weeks, I feel like I'm back to quote-unquote normal. Definitely not from the standpoint of the scar, and I do still need to like take it easy, but I was still in immense pain with Kate. And I mean, it was my first C-section, so I had nothing to compare it to. And mentally, I was not prepared to have that level of pain because a recovery from a vaginal delivery is not as bad, I will say, as a C-section depending on what happens to you, of course. But just to be clear, like the first 10 days, I will say, were normally difficult with this C-section, walking to the bathroom. And I know my, my parents, my husband could say that there are times when I was literally, the only way I could move from point A to point B was my body was at like a 90 degree angle, if you can picture that. Like my legs were straight and then my like half of my body was just straight forward. So I was literally a walking upside down L because I just couldn't like lean back. And it just is so interesting to think about posture right now. And I don't don't know if all of y'all are like sitting up in your seats as I'm telling you this, but like my shoulders are so hunched over from nursing and then with the C-section and just holding diaper bags and holding a car seat, holding kids. It's just my posture is horrible. And I need to remember to just like roll my shoulders back and sit up tall. And when I'm nursing, I remember one nurse, I think when I was first learning how to nurse with Ellie, she talked about let baby come to you. You don't go to baby. And so it helped me like keep my shoulders back and make sure that she, her latch is even better because I'm not leaning forward and like, you know, my chest is in a weird location. So very interesting to think about all the comparisons of the different kids, the things that I've learned in the past two babies compared to this baby. I just will say at this point, I feel better than I did versus last time. And so I can be very thankful for that. I also wonder if I'm like 
whatever the opposite of romanticizing um, the past is. Like, I remember it being really difficult with Kate. So am I like kind of pushing that lever more towards the difficulty where this one feels very easy? So I'm pushing it more towards the easy and I'm like, oh, you know, Poppy's so chill where Kate, she needed a little more settling. Who knows? I really didn't have this podcast to look back on of my postpartum thoughts um, for Kate. So I can't really know for sure, but I will say I, I feel very whole. I feel very balanced. Um, and I just am just, again, so shocked that I have these three little girls and they're very sweet and very exhausting, but it just feels so worth it. Like all of it just feels so right. And I've mentioned this in my um, Instagram post. So if y'all follow me on Instagram, you would have already seen this thought, but I for the first time, because I didn't have this with Kate, and I sure as heck didn't have it with Ellie, but those middle of the night feeds, when I'm sitting there and I'm so, so tired, I really have the thought of, oh my gosh, like this isn't going to be forever. She will sleep through the night. I will not have middle of the night feeds forever. So soak it up. She's so little. She's so soft. She's so cute. She's so pink. She smells delicious. And this won't be forever. So I'm going to soak it up and be okay. But yeah, ugh. Gosh, I'm so thankful. I love my sweet Poppy Jean so much, and it's so cool to finally have met her. I'm so thankful that I get to now know what her face looks like because, you know, those ultrasounds, they don't give you any information. But I am so thankful to be holding her in arms. I love her so much. This is so sweet. And yeah, there's some of my postpartum thoughts. Ah, what a treat to be able to share with y'all how I feel. And I've said this before in many different episodes, but just the joy and the privilege of getting to document this time in my life is really really sweet, very special. So I promise if you're new to the podcast, it's not all just like me talking about my baby and all of that. We have a lot of fun episodes coming up in the future that I've already had planned and some of them already recorded. So be excited about that. We have an absolute crazy fall already planned and already happening and then a really fun holiday season ahead. So lots of fun to come. But thank you all so much for listening to today's episode. Like I said, go ahead and give a follow at Every Mom Needs a Friend or check me out on the website everymomneedsafriend.com and I hope you all just have a wonderful week and looking forward to next week's episode with my sweet Christopher. All right, love y'all so much. 